lawyers getting lazy at mediations? Let's go to the bench. Legal news, information, and interviews from Collins and Lacey, a leading South Carolina defense firm for construction, workers' comp, hospitality, retail, trucking, professional liability, mediation, government, and ethics matters. The views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect that of Collins and Lacey, its management, or employees. This is The Legal Bench. And welcome to The Legal Bench. I'm Michael Burney, Director of Business Development for Collins and Lacey Law Firm in Columbia, South Carolina. Mediation is a key part of the legal process, but do attorneys involved lean too heavily on the mediator during these sessions? Collins and Lacey President and Chair of our Retail and Hospitality Practice Group, Christian Stegmeyer, shares his new perspective. Welcome to the Mediation Journal. Uh, this is a new series that we're putting on at Collins and Lacey, and uh, it's based because I recently completed the South Carolina Bar's 40-hour mediation training seminar. Stated simply, let me tell you, five days in length and incredibly intensive, uh, this course was arguably the best CLE I've ever attended. Uh, Tiffany Provence from down to the low country, she's been the person tagged by the bar for a long time to do the teaching, and she did a fantastic job, let me tell you. I do have an ambition to begin serving as a mediator in, in civil litigation. However, even if I didn't, I'll tell you that this course opened my eyes to what mediation really is and what it isn't. As well, and perhaps more importantly, during the course of that five days, we learned what the mediator and the attorneys are really supposed to be doing in mediation. And here's my key takeaway. The truth is, lawyers have become increasingly lazier at mediation. And I know that sounds pretty provocative, but whether we're preparing for it or preparing our clients and our carriers for it or what we're actually supposed to be doing while at mediation, we're not doing enough. Instead, we're asking way too much from our mediators. It's the advocate's job to put up their client's case and do and say the things during the mediation to be persuasive. And that's a key word. I think that's something that we forget about a lot of times in mediation. As the attorney, you're the one that's supposed to be the persuader, not the mediator. Moreover, attorneys uh, representing the parties need to remain actively engaged throughout the proceedings. Uh, mediation is not the day for you to catch up on emails. I think a lot of times what people do is they get through the openings as best they can. A lot of times these opener, openings are getting shorter and shorter, and then they just get into the mode when they get into the caucuses. Take it away, mediator. All too often the lawyers come to mediation and they do the bare minimum thinking that they can just turn the case over to the mediator in those caucuses to somehow get the case done. I suggest, and listen, I've been guilty of it too as well, but this is laziness, and this laziness really does affect outcomes. The mediator is not your negotiator. So let's think of the ways of how advocates, lawyers and advocates, how they can be doing the work at mediation. The first thing you can be doing and making sure that you're doing is the pre-mediation preparation. Waiting till the day of mediation to educate your mediator about the case that it's just too late, and you're not going to get an effective mediation out of it. What you need to do is get your key case materials, and that's your pleadings, pending dispositive motions, and probably most importantly, a written summary to the mediator a week or so before the mediation. And it is in concise and brief format as possible. You don't need to send a 15-page law review article about your case to them. And I'll share with you during the course of the mediation training 
we did a lot of mock mediations and probably I think at least seven or eight during the course of those five days. And we would be given a case summary that were probably about five or six paragraphs long. And when you think about it critically, if you combine that summary with a pre-mediation call with the lawyer, you learn as much as you need to in the case. Uh, the uh, facts and as well as the issues of law, uh, the other things. It doesn't have to be a law review article. And like I said, supplement your written materials with an effective call before the mediation where you lay out the good and some or maybe all of the bad, the hot spots and the possible landmines in your case, as well as the other uh, party's case. And the one thing that resonated all throughout the training with the participants uh, when we were doing these mock mediations was how important this pre-mediation call is. And like I said, don't plan to be able to educate your mediator about the bitter detail of your case or the other party's case on the day of mediation. There's just too much going on uh, that day to be able to do that effectively. So make that call. I, I promise you that will pay dividends. Uh, number two is this. Me mediation is a negotiation. It's, uh, it's all about dialogue, and it's the dialogue of risk and keeping things moving. And that's what the mediator's key role is. He, he or she is there to be the facilitator uh, of the process, which includes this dialogue and keeping things moving. Uh, and again, like I said earlier, he, he or she is not your negotiator. So as the lawyer, it's your responsibility to be fully prepared and know your case inside and out. That's the liability side as well as the damages side. If it's a personal injury case, if it's a business dispute, you certainly want to know all those issues. Whatever, whatever case you're handling, just know your case. And you've got to feed your mediator with persuasive information so that mediator has the ability to question the other side and the respective caucus and have that side continue to evaluate their case, keeping in mind your positions on liability and damages and venue, whatever. What the mediator, like when we talk about the dialogue, especially inside the caucuses, is it's not unlike law school where you remember your professor did more question asking than actual teaching a lot of times. Uh, it's very similar. An effective mediator gets people thinking. It's all about self-determination when it comes down to case resolution, the party gauging what their risk is uh, and what the risk tolerance is, and that's facilitated by those questions. But if the mediator doesn't have good information from the other side, there's not going to be a lot of really good open-ended questions. So you've got to feed the mediator with that persuasive information to facilitate that. Number three is you've got to be the advocate. As the lawyer, you've got to be be an advocate and work the case to resolution. The mediator is not there to evaluate your case or force the other side to do anything. And I think about all the times uh, I've been in a mediation and I've asked the mediator, you know, what do you think about our case valuation? What do you think the case is worth? Something like that. The one good thing from this mediation training has is, is taught us is he or she, as the mediator, is not there to evaluate your case. And uh, you just need to keep that in mind. Uh, the only way to keep the case moving is if your client and, and you are prepared to make moves. Like I said, the mediator can't make anybody do anything. And I think sometimes a client misunderstands 
uh, or lawyer can misunderstand the role of the mediator and think that somehow he or she is supposed to be in the room kind of pounding the table, uh, making the other side capitulate to your to your position. That, that's not, in fact, the case at all. Mediators are not miracle workers. It's you as the advocate that needs to be the persuader. And lastly, number four, mediation is a process, and that includes making meaningful opening statements by the mediator and the parties. And what we've seen within recent times, both counsel and many mediators have opted to either severely abbreviate opening statements or just eliminate or obviate them altogether. You often hear, my client doesn't need a dog or pony show, or sometimes mediator says, you uh, you know, you all have done a a thousand mediations you know what I'm going to say and just kind of gloss over it or might not say anything at all in the opening. And while all of that, some of that might be true, what you as the lawyers don't need to be doing and, and the mediator included is you don't need to substitute your assumptions or opinions for the power of the process, especially in a bodily injury case where the plaintiff is typically not very well educated as far as litigation goes. It might be the first time they've ever brought a lawsuit, first time they've ever been in a mediation, and sometimes sometimes it happens on the defense side and the institutional client side. It's the first time they've mediated a case in South Carolina. Uh, people just don't need to be making assumptions or taking anything for granted. The mediator makes needs to make a full open, explaining the process, talking about risk, uh, talking about the fact that uh, the whole thing depends on self-determination, lending his or her ideas to the fact that every case can be settled, it's going to take work, it's going to require patience. Uh, is it a 10, 15, 20-minute open? Yes. Uh, but is it going to yield uh, the potential dividend of getting the case settled? Quite possibly. And I said yes to you, but a lot of cases that don't get settled, uh, a lot of the reason can be pointed back to the fact that the table wasn't properly set at the beginning of the, of the mediation. Like I said, a complete opening statement by the mediator sets the stage and the ground rules for an effective mediation. It creates the parameters for expectations and it works to avoid misunderstandings or ambiguities. Opening statements by the parties clearly illustrate their positions in the dispute. These need to be articulated. And you can be effective and you can be comprehensive without being long-winded and essentially, um, and as well being uh, unnecessarily provocative. I think a lot of times, especially on the defense side, people shy away from doing openings because they're worried about making somebody mad. My suggestion to you is you can be an advocate uh, without being unnecessarily provocative, unnecessarily adversarial. A lot of times when I open as defense counsel, I'll talk to the plaintiff directly, who is typically a civilian, somebody that has never been involved in mediation, doesn't have a lot of litigation experience, and say, you understand what my job is, correct? And I, you know, I'm the advocate for the defendant. I'm here to represent our client's position. I'm not here to belittle you. I'm not here to be adversarial. But I want to outline for you our position in this case, because today you need to make a fully informed decision about whether or not we move forward, because there is a risk to you, and there's a risk to us if this case moves forward. Brief opens by the mediators, no opens by the parties, inconsequential opens, they all have the direct effect on the mediation 
likely failing. That's my suggestion as far as that goes. Y'all need to do the work. That includes me. To, uh, that we're getting the pay get, that we're getting paid to do as the advocate. We just, there just can't be any shortcuts. As well, select mediators who will do the work too. As well. So, like I said, mediation is a process, and like any other process, there's a right way to do things and a wrong way. And when you do things the right way, the process works. Mediation works, and lawyers and their clients should trust the process because it's incredibly effective. But trusting the process doesn't mean just show up to mediation and lay back while the mediator does the work. To the contrary, the workhorses in mediation must be the lawyers who are the advocates, the persuaders, the negotiators, the peacemakers. The mediators are there to facilitate the process, keep the dialogue going, and help the lawyers and litigants get themselves the resolution. Like anything else in life, in mediation, if you thoroughly prepare and are ready to work hard throughout the day, good things can happen. I appreciate y'all joining us in the first installment of our mediation journal. Uh, we look forward to providing other information along the lines of effective mediation as, as time goes on. And if there's anything we can do for you, please get in touch with us at Collins and Lacey. You've been listening to The Legal Bench from the South Carolina defense firm Collins and Lacey. Learn more at collinsandlacey.com.